this the rip at a thumb from being whipped when she was young by a mother gripped by not being a husband's only one there's the scar down her arm from working hard at the bar where she would dream of a house far away from her house so far spinning rosary beads while she was planting the seeds of a crop of cane that supported her whole family and it's certain grain embedded in each hand single crease till she took it to new york shed it by wiping her knees with the dust of assembly lines of a hatch a factory and coughed up the trembling wheezes of the American dream. Hello, Cientes. What you just heard was a small sample of Manos de Abuela, a new song by Javier L.H. Gonzalez Spivey developed alongside his peers at Carnegie Mellon University in an effort to raise funds for humanitarian missions to Puerto Rico. These students are doing pretty damn well, too. They've already raised 145k in aid and saved 84 lives, and that's just the beginning. They're planning their third trip just a couple weeks from now. We'll be playing the full song along with an interview and ways you can join their efforts at the end of this episode. Without further ado, welcome back to WRCT 88.3 FM. Just kidding. We are officially free from the puritanical clutches of college radio. We can say whatever, whatever the fuck we want now, including that your general practitioner should legally be obligated to check your privilege once a year. Mm-hmm. I'm your host, Ariel, coming at you from Los Angeles. What's up, y'all? I'm your host, Daryl, coming at you from NYC, and this is CNT, your favorite femillennial news broadcast delivering you the sarcasm you deserve. We're back with season four, and it's going to be our best yet, and we got it all. We got an Instagram, followed, Facebook page, liked, a Tumblr, Yes. That's Twitter. Ew. And a motherfucking newsletter. Hell yes. We have just grown so much. Follow us on any but probably all of those platforms by our handle at I'm a Real CNT. You can subscribe to our newsletter through the Facebook page or just email us at I'm a Real CNT at gmail.com. And obviously you should subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss any more episodes. So stay tuned to CNT. Politically aware, but not always correct. What's up, CNTs? Now it's time for some current events. Because while we might have taken a break, the patriarchy sure as hell hasn't. Damn straight. Meet Sophia, the robot bitch who's now considered a citizen in Saudi Arabia. She's now officially gained more rights than the real women who live there. Granted, Saudi women were honored with the privilege of driving a whole month ago and have recently been allowed to attend sporting events. What more do you want? Free birth control? This isn't Canada. Well, in Saudi Arabia, women can't leave the house without a male guardian. They have to wear hijabs, which Sophia just happens to not have to do. And if a woman is married to someone who's not Saudi Arabian, their child doesn't even get citizenship. The country is saying that this is their way of promoting the development of robotics and AI. But it seems more likely that they just wanted the excuse to make a woman who goes to bed when you tell her to and doesn't talk back unless you say, Sophia, wake up. They are actually on some step for wives shit right now. Oh, this is in. Nicole Kidman's going to be playing Sophia in the Lifetime movie. And Sophia's citizenship isn't the only thing rubbing Saudi women the wrong way. Why is Sophia white? Even in robotics, your eccentric beauty standards somehow come into play. Saudi Arabia, before you try to be progressive and futuristic with a female robot citizen, I'm sure that even Sophia can tell you that you should probably look after your own citizens first. In other news, we just found out that Kevin Spacey, the Kevin Spacey, is a part of the Hollywood creep squad. 
Nobody is safe, y'all. Everyone is coming for heads. And turns out, y'all white ass faves are super problematic. Who knew? Anthony Rapp, star of Broadway's original cast of Rent, and literally the only person dead or alive to ever pull off a striped sweater, exposed Spacey for assaulting him when he was just 14. Apparently, he invited Rapp to a house party, and when the kid peeled off to watch some TV, drunk Kevin Spacey followed. Sounds like Kevin was clearly scheming when he invited the boy to begin with. Agreed. The next thing you know, sloshed Spacey is on top of him. Anthony Rapp finessed his way out of there real quick. Spacey claims to have no recollection of the incident. He also groped director Tony Montana, who said that Kevin touched his genitals in an open bar and whispered, this designates ownership before following him into a bathroom. And now, apparently seven other men have come forward with allegations against him. Actor Roberto Cavesos said in a heartbreaking Facebook post that he too had several nasty encounters with Spacey, and had he been a woman, wouldn't have hesitated to identify these encounters as sexual assault. Proving that, yes, men too are victims of the patriarchy. Mm -mm -mm. Kevin... You played Frank Underwood's creepy ass from House of Cards so well, and now we know why. Speaking of House of Cards, y'all ain't slick. Netflix was planning on canceling you after season six anyway. But I'll give them this though. They did stop production the second they got word of Spacey's sexcapades. And they didn't even stop production when there was a mass shooting less than a mile from set. But let's talk about how, in Kevin's apology, he tried to distract from his Harvey Weinstein moment by coming out. Boy, you are not slick. Mm -mm. You are not Ellen Page. You are not hashtag brave. What, did you want a cookie? First of all, coming out day was three weeks ago, so you late. Uh, To be fair, you can come out any day of the year if you want. I'll do it right now. I'm here, I'm queer, and I volunteer to call Kevin Spacey the hell out. Being gay isn't an excuse for being a creep. Exactly. And how does you being gay correlate in any way with you assaulting an underage boy? Yo, we low-key been knew that you mess with men anyway, so no cookies for you, Kevin Spacey. Not from us, and hopefully not from any teen boys either. I'll tell you one thing. This is really changing the way I see Baby Driver, because I totally knew he had sexual chemistry with baby. This is changing a lot of things for me. Luckily, his agent and publicist feel the same way because they dropped him faster than a Trump tweet. Woody Allen helpfully warned us all against a witch hunt atmosphere, a Salem atmosphere, where every guy in an office who winks at a woman is suddenly having to call a lawyer to defend himself. Bruh, you married your stepdaughter. You're not exactly in a position to go bat for sexual deviants. Regardless, this is a dangerous mentality because witch hunt implies that there is no truth to these allegations, which we all know is not the case. If anything, we are the witches and y'all are the crusty colonials who got way too drunk with power or uh, too high off moldy LSD bread. So let it be known, us witches aren't taking this shit anymore. Time to lawyer up, boys. Before we get into the story of the day, here's a little message from our sponsors. He's the inescapable remake. The one, the only three-dimensional character Hollywood identifies with. The misunderstood majority. The underrated underdog. Scarier, straighter, and whiter than It, Jigsaw, and Chucky combined. It's... The straight, white man. The tolerant man who never sees color 
except when it comes to your panties. The sensitive man who truly understands that when you say, get lost, you really mean, try harder, baby. Yes, you will find him at the hottest club in town, the Beaver Dam, whipping and nay-naying his way between you and your lesbian girlfriend, all the while fighting his deepest, darkest fear of... getting hit on by a gay guy. Coming this Halloween, he will be playing Devil's Advocate one more time. Critics are calling the straight white man eerily familiar. Fox News deems it a pagan holiday classic. The New York Times raves, this movie is what would happen if you put a Truman Show style camera crew on my cousin Connor and forced me to listen to his thoughts on ultimate frisbee and third wave feminism for 127 excruciating minutes. Coming soon to theaters near you. Known for coining timeless phrases like, you can't blame me for what my ancestors did, my life matters too, and this is too spicy, send it back. Beware, your safe spaces won't be safe much longer. Coming this Valentine's Day from 18th Century Fox, The Straight White Man 2, The Straight White Woman. Oh, shut up, Greg. Hey, the straight white man can find love. This is outrageous. I want to speak to your manager. Any resemblance between the characters in this picture and any person's living or dead is all in your head. Straight white people aren't the problem. Get your head out of your ass. If you've got a problem with it, you can take it up with the establishment. That's your right as an American. This film will not be translated into any other languages except Russian. Did we do good, Putin? Brought to you by Trump Tower Propaganda Pictures. Welcome back, CNTs. Now it's time for our main story. Puerto Rico, birthplace of Joaquin Phoenix and, more importantly, the Pina Colada. It's been six weeks since Hurricane Maria hit the island, and 70% of the country still doesn't have power. Sorry, Becky, but your annual girls' trip to Puerto Rico is going to have to be canceled this year. Especially since your president is slacking with helping PR. Cheeto-in-Chief was on it when his red states, Texas and Florida, were hit with hurricanes. Probably because at least in those states, his golf course didn't go bankrupt. One thing your mans can't quite get through his tiny school is that Puerto Rico is actually a U.S. territory. And uh, he's not alone. Recent polls show that 46% of Americans don't know that Puerto Ricans are U.S. citizens. Not surprising, considering at least 50% of them don't know that women are people and that Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Preach. There are 3.4 million U.S. citizens in PR. Maria was the largest natural disaster on record in Dominica, including Christopher Columbus. And while there are certain rights that Puerto Ricans don't share, like voting in the general election, they are a thousand percent entitled to the same government response as any state. Even if they were able to vote in the general election, Puerto Rico is largely democratic and wouldn't have gone for Prima Donald anyway. You're probably thinking, oh, that's why Trump isn't trying to help them. He's salty, blah, 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 blah. Mm, No, stop acting like Trump is politically motivated. It's not that they're Democrats, or at least that's not the only reason. Trump has a track record of neglecting people that aren't pale or rich enough to feel represented by Fox News. That's right. Puerto Rico is broke. The $103 billion economy declared bankruptcy in May and has been trying to restructure $70 billion in debt ever since. But don't judge just yet, because this is kind of the U.S.'s fault. The Jones Act is an antiquated law that charges Puerto Rico practically double for U.S. goods through taxes, fees, and tariffs. The act stipulates that any trade from one U.S. port to another has to involve U.S.-made and operated ships. 
This means that shipping is more costly because there's little competition among freighters. All this boils down to is the fact that the Jones Act, paired with the competitive consumerism, is just a recipe for broke, fab, broke. But like your dad said five seconds into the sex talk, that's a conversation for another day. But Daryl, Trump did temporarily lift the Jones Act. Yeah, four weeks later. That's like ghosting a girl after a great date and then hitting her up a month later with a dick pic talking about you were just giving her space. Uh, that was oddly specific. I don't want to talk about it. Back to PR. Four out of five residents have no power, running water is limited and contaminated, people have resorted to drinking from hazardous waste sites. There's a food shortage too. FEMA is falling short by about 2 million meals a day. Farms are destroyed, 85% of the cell towers were knocked out, hospitals can't keep up with demands since more than half of medical employees haven't been able to report to work. And to top it all off, the Puerto Rico board, the people in charge of how funds are distributed in PR's economy, has only released $1 billion in aid when it's going to cost anywhere between $40 to $80 billion to get Puerto Rico up and running. Damn, that's a lot of money. With that, you could buy mm, at least... 53 round trips to the moon. Honestly, it should probably be a one-way ticket at this point. The local and federal government is being choosy about which citizens they decide to help. That is deeply and irrevocably fucked, but it has also given way for some incredibly inspiring citizens to take charge. Javier L.H. Gonzalez Spivey, a regular contributor here at CNT, has been fundraising with fellow students at Carnegie Mellon University for Puerto Rico and is planning their third trip this month. To date, they have brought down 18,500 pounds in aid and have saved 84 lives by flying them to the States. We spoke to him and his collaborator, Paloma Sierra, about their experience, proving that you don't need money or power to make change. Hi, I'm Paloma Sierra Hernandez. I'm speaking from Pittsburgh. Today I'm here with you because the situation in Puerto Rico is something that has touched me directly to me and my family since I've been born and raised in Puerto Rico. Hi, my name is Javier L.H. Gonzalez Spivey. I'm speaking from Pittsburgh as well, here from Carnegie Mellon. The crisis in Puerto Rico is something that affects my family, being able to see what they've been going through beyond the news because I don't think I really trust the news anymore to paint an accurate picture of what's going on. It inspired me to take things into my own hands, so that's why I'm here today. Thank you both so much for joining us. As we mentioned earlier, you guys have raised 145k for Puerto Rico already, saved 84 lives, and are already planning your third trip. How did this initiative begin? The initiative was started by a colleague of ours, Rosana Guernica. She felt like she couldn't help, and then she is so admirable because she realized, no, I'm going to do something. You know, I'm not going to wait around for these old white politicians that don't really care about my island to do something. She basically teamed up with Allegheny Healthcare, which is a hospital in Pittsburgh, and went down with a doctor, flew down with a really small plane. She had fundraised the money to do this and evacuated six patients. And then essentially she had the idea of making this a much bigger project and getting other Puerto Rican students involved. And that's where I came onto the mission. There was a team of four of us and the four of us were able to raise about $125,000 in a little over a week. That was our second trip. And our second trip, I think we evacuated around 23 patients and we brought over 2,000 pounds of supplies. And we were able to give some of those supplies to Carmen Yulín Cruz, the mayor of San Juan, her chief of staff, as well as a children's hospital in Puerto Rico and took it up one more 
doorstep and this is where Paloma came on board. We brought two more students with us. We flew about 15 and 16,000 pounds of supplies and we brought back 69 patients. And what, what we do is we basically find these patients that are in need of critical care that can't get the attention that they need on the island and we bring them to their families in the States. So we're not just bringing them away from their island and then abandoning them in Florida. Only a few of the island's hospitals are really in full swing right now, if any. 70% of the island still doesn't have power. What other challenges is the island facing? It is hard to get supplies into the island because a lot of reasons, also the Jones law we have and all other laws we have that do not allow Puerto Rico to get um, the aid it needs currently. A lot of people are having to drink dirty water and they're dying of bacterial infections. FEMA hasn't been able to supply the proper water filtration devices. Rick Perry just announced that the EPA, they're gonna pull FEMA out in like December, you know, and we're in no way on a timeline mm -hmm. where that would be helpful. I mean, there are people that still haven't received help, period. Yeah. You know, one thing that's really hard about this trip is that we fly to San Juan because it's the safest and it's the, mo it's the easiest thing for us to do. And, you know, we are getting these um, supplies to foundations and orgs and people that will outsource it to more rural parts of the island, but that's where most of the damage is hit. What struck you when you first reached the island? Flying down to San Juan, it's rough. You know, you see blue tarps over houses, you see all the vegetation like crashed into each other. Perodomos Coso is this really famous fruit in San Juan and it has alternating American and Puerto Rican flags and it's just a really famous site. I remember one of the first things I noticed is when we were flying down in is that, you know, it was just barren. To see all of those ripped out, mm -hmm. it's usually such a, a lively sight, but both the American and Puerto Rican flags. How does it feel to know that half of Americans don't see Puerto Ricans as U.S. citizens? This is not surprising that we are receiving this reaction from United States or in general. Um, I believe that even before the hurricane, uh, Puerto Ricans have been dealing with a lot of situations and just seeing how the government has reacted has only assured the fact that we are treated as secondhand citizens, and I think that's always been the case. Puerto Rican people are citizens, yes, but they cannot vote in the presidential elections unless they're living in the states. The island essentially has like a representative, Jennifer Gonzalez, and she doesn't actually have her, she doesn't have a vote. This disaster just kind of shows the lack of say that Puerto Rico has also in Congress. Who's really checking for the island when it, you know, when it comes to Capitol Hill? Who do we really have there that's speaking for us and really checking for it, if that makes sense. Why are you guys doing this? And who are you doing this for? We're doing this because we have family there and because they're people that we love, but we're also doing this because they're not getting the attention that any other group of American people have been getting. You know, if you compare this to Houston, it's, I mean, it, it's pretty heartbreaking. We cannot deny there's been help. There's been people moving in yes. and from out the island, but that help is not enough at all. Like the island is still shaking. It, it wasn't shaking only during the hurricane, but it's still shaking round. Right now, there's a lot of crimes going on in the island. Like a lot of people, like Javi said, have not received the aid they still need. Even when people move around and help inside the island because there's no uh, water, there's no electricity, they often, as they help, they get infected with um, other diseases, bacteria. They get infected because as they are helping, they get in contact with urine of animals like rats and stuff like that. And it is something that even 
when there's currently there's a lot of help, it is not enough for a lot of reasons. And we do need all the help we can get right now. What this has taught me is how we the people can rise up and help. Phone calls and letters to senators and representatives isn't really going to help in the sense that this is immediate and this is dire and these people need our help now. This process hasn't been hard. It's just been hard work. It hasn't really been mm -hmm. anything that's that out of my hands. It's been phone calls, it's been emails, it's been nights with not the best amount of sleep, but it's been completely worth it. If you want to help us help our families, friends, and just our fellow people at Puerto Rico, go to our You Caring campaign. No donation is too small. I mean, we've done about three missions. Yeah, we've, we're at $145,000. You know, I'm looking at the last donations we got, 20, 10, 5, 13. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Everything helps. We've had over a thousand people donate. Our goal right now is 250,000. We're gonna make it. We've made crazier things before. <laughs> like, there are a lot of people in this country that do care. This has been a testament to that. Thank you both. With that, I'd like to play for you Manos de Abuela by Javier L.H. Gonzalez Spivey, featuring Sofia Harris, available everywhere. Stick around. We'll be asking Javi about the inspiration behind this song when we return. in church on Sunday morning Grandma's hands play the tambourine so well Grandma's hands used to issue out a warning she'd say Javi ten cuidado hay monstruos en el mundo que lo tomarían todo porque eres amado Abuela's hands raised everything from sugar cane and coupe to mommy on 103 to prayers for all her little angelitos to sing for her firstborn Jose, a cop killed by the sting. And if you look real hard, you can see every scar, every crease, every mark, every burn, every part of a story lives in the little lines in the hands. Each one named after memories of being reprimanded, being backhanded, being commanded, demanded, then left stranded. But she was still standing. Manos de vuela, preparo un montes de cupe. Manos de vuela, navaron en adelante por Nueva York. Manos de vuela, conocían cada factoría. Ya tuvieron muchas heridas, pero se sintieron blandas. Tienen vida en sus palmas, manos de vuela. There's the rip at a thumb from being whipped when she was young by a mother grip by not being a husband's only one. There's the scar down her arm from working hard at the bar where she would dream of a house far away from her house so far. Spinning rosary beads while she was planting the seeds of a crop of cane that supported her whole family. And it's certain grain embedded in each hand single crease till she took it to New York, shed it by wiping her knees with the dust of assembly lines of a hatchet factory and coughed up the trembling and wheezes of the American dream. Manos de vuela, mecieron cuatro bebes. Manos de vuela, aunque uno no es de ellos. Manos de vuela, sostenía todos los hilos. Sin bebitos o viejitos, 
She would stare hard at her palm where she could feel the heads of her four babies calling her mom. The first one, Jose, she had when she was 16. Then she left to work in New York so she could feed his dreams. Then had Henry and her Nancy on the East Harlem streets. Then a call from her friend Gallo at the hospital, can we meet? Mercedes, I had an affair with the woman, Lily. And she's too afraid the child would be negrito like me. Our love made this love child, but the world cannot see. And Abuela took my mother and she named her Evie. Abuela's hands took everything Pain loving what was in between But death came and took it right back Jose with a gun and a mother with a heart attack But death had nothing on Maria That woman needed no gun and needed no bullets To wash away all the memories of the pain of love and what was in between Maria ate the very cane that had supported Abuela and her sisters Maria had exported The house where she would dream of 103rd Street so far Into the middle of an ocean lodge in the sandbar And her master's degree and her whole family And the English that she learned to speak American dream Could not with all there be and fix her own memories Revive the past before Maria the way it's supposed to be Maria drank coupe and she drank it for free Didn't pay a cent of respect or say Abuela, I feel this type of storm inside of me Cause I take and take from your hands, can't say gracias mami When I'm locked by land and privilege in my own liberty Yet I can hear the goki louder than the president's tweets It's a cry for help to restore all of your old memories But all I have is all the stories that you always told me The stories living in your hands and its lines increases How do I help an island I only know in pieces? Puerto Rico, yo no sé how to be your adhesive My memories of you are young and cloudy, they're not cohesive Puerto Rico, I'm sorry, I ain't been telling your story I've been distracted by a man too busy doing it for me He keeps telling me the struggles of my island have been fake Then says we ain't Katrina, we can't eat our own cake But we ain't even got the money for the eggs and milk to make We got your trophy and your bounty, please throw them this way Last time I checked, America was red, white, and blue Last time I checked, Puerto Rico was too Last time I checked, Rita Moreno saying to me That Puerto Rico's in America, that we are all free Last time I checked, school's not a privilege, but a right Last time I checked, y'all lost the schools in just a night Last time I checked, it wasn't cause of a storm Last time I checked, we were promised more than tax reform Last time I checked, I was scrolling news feeds and buzz feeds Of Kim and Kylie and kneeling athletes To scroll away the nerves from no calls from family but then I looked at my hands and saw how fresh they were And how my dwellers garden burned so mine could be fresh to spur The revolution which shall televise over all the genders So we can rebuild Puerto Rico and you heard it here first We can serve our Miss Maria, we can take even more We can trump all our oppressors, they are only monsters Hiding in the closet, they're too scared to even come forth But yo vivo sin miedo by skeletons I can't unearth Sometimes I doubt my ladder roots, I lose them in the dirt But Abuela's hands rescued me and submerged me in their work I can feel them questioning all my questions and of my thirst Cause Puerto Rico, you are all my skin and all of my birth Thank you so much for sharing this with us, Javi. What inspired you to write this? I was listening to this Bill Withers song called Grandma's Hands. Most people know it because it's in Black Street's No Diggity. Mm-hmm. I like the way you work it, like that one. It samples this Bill Withers song. And I was listening to it and the song is about the love he has for his grandmother and all of the things that his grandmother's hands did. 
And it just really got me thinking about my abuela and her hands had done everything from farming in Coupe to working at a hat shop factory to having three children to holding my mother who wasn't even hers. The woman that gave birth to my mom didn't want her because she was too afraid that my mom would be Negrito, would have darker skin like her father. And just thinking that everything my abuela had done to find out that Hurricane Maria had washed away the farm that she grew up at. So I just really kind of wanted to write a song to commemorate my abuela, to commemorate my island, the stories of how this island has been neglected and has not been treated well, even though it's one of America's most beautiful prized possessions. I think it's time for a shameless plug. If you're trying to help us, you can donate and share You Caring campaign. You can find it by Googling You Caring CMU Puerto Rico, where the first thing that comes up, the title of the campaign is CMU Students Humanitarian Mission to Puerto Rico, organized by Rosana Garnica, who's our ringleader. You can also find the You Caring campaign link by just clicking below, or by looking for Javi L.H. Gonzalez Spivey on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you both once again, truly, for being our first guests of season four. Y'all are fucking amazing. Oh my god, CNT, it has been an absolute pleasure. I've missed you so much, and I've loved speaking with you today, Ariel. So thank you so much. Muchos abrazos. Ah, no, let me say that again. Muchas gracias y abrazos. <laughs> thank you so much for having us today, and thank you just for allowing us a, a medium where we can talk about our island and what is currently happening there. Now that we've got down all the details, let's play a little game. I mean, our government has been on games anyway with helping Puerto Rico, so why not one more? Let's call this game sus shit, you know, when something sounds a little sketchy, or bullshit. Uh, Daryl, can something be both suspect and bullshit at the same time? Well, we'll just have to play the game to find out. All right, question one, sus shit or bullshit? What was the whitest and the fishiest thing to hit Puerto Rico since Trump's visit? Tilapia? Oh, Whitefish, the tiny Montana utilities company that made a $300 million contract with Puerto Rico to restore power. Sus shit a bullshit. Oh, <laughs> that is some sus shit. Y'all, Whitefish has only two full-time employees. Bruh, I have more full-time jobs than that, and I'm barely able to keep my own damn power on. So I'm trying to figure out how they planned on restoring power to a country of 3.4 million people. Right. And, well, Whitefish just happens to be based in the same hometown as Ryan Zinke, interior secretary and major donor of Trump's campaign. So it really can't get any more sus than that. You right. On to question two. Whitefish has completed significant work on two major transmission lines around the mountains of Puerto Rico. And a person familiar with PREPA's operation said on Monday that Whitefish would finish this work on critical lines despite the contract being canceled. Aw, how considerate of them. Sus shit. A bullshit. Uh, give me sus shit for 800, Alex. And you are correct. Whitefish is super sus, continuing work despite their voided contract, because now Whitefish is still expecting a lot of bread for the work they've done, and Puerto Rico is now begging FEMA to pay Whitefish $10 million. Oh, uh, did we mention that Ryan Zinke's son worked at Whitefish last summer? 
there's no way they weren't planning on sagging some of that money for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sus as hell. And Ryan Zinke still has a job. On to question number three. After Hurricane Maria, San Juan Mayor slash badass Ulysses Cruz called Trump's administration out on their shit. Trump's response? The people of Puerto Rico are lazy and Mayor Cruz has poor leadership. Sus shit or bullshit. I mean, seeing that Trump was at his country club during Hurricane Maria while Cruz was in the trenches, I'm gonna have to go with bullshit. Correctamundo! Ariel, you are on a roll here. Thanks, babe. Trump, compared to you, I'm sure Cruz may be poor, but her leadership seems to be kicking you out of the water, literally. Question number four. After Mayor Cruz stopped what she was doing, which was literally saving lives, to fly all the way to Washington to testify in court, the House Homeland Security Committee canceled the hearing. Sus shit or bullshit? Sus shit. Sus as hell. Trump decides to cancel the federal hearing after Mayor Ulysses is already in Washington without giving any reason for apology. That is like texting a first date, hey, something came up, (laughs) rain check, after seeing them in the coffee shop window and bailing. Mm, Have you done that? Uh, no, I'm a straightforward girl. I just give them the wrong number. And last, but not least, the one million dollar question. Question number five. Now that Floor Corp has taken over, Puerto Rico is hoping to be up and running again by December. Yes, you heard that right. December, folks. Three months after Maria. Sushit or bullshit? Uh, sushit. Wait, no, no, no. Uh, Bullshit. Uh, no, um, it's gotta be, uh, both? And the answer is... Oh my god, I'm so nervous. You guessed it. It's both! Oh my god! The fact that Texas and Florida were up <gasps> and running two weeks after their disasters in Puerto Rico is just figuring out. As general manager of Lakeland Utilities, Joel Ivy would say, who's in charge? That is both sus shit and bullshit. Trump. I know you're all about looking out for your own, but if you just look a little harder, past the window of your golf cart, beyond the Democratic affiliation and shit, maybe this is pushing it, but even beyond the brown skin, you may actually realize that Puerto Rico is your own. That's it for today, guys. We'd like to take a moment to shout out the fire writers and contributors who made today's episode of CNT happen. Colin Anderson, Daryl Bright, John Clay III, Bailey. Alicia Etnoff, Ariel Hoffmeyer, Stephanie Kane, Kiara Matthews, Isabel Pask, Michael Plenty, Katie Pine, Christy St. John, Keaton Shapiro, Paloma Sierra, Javier Spivey, and Ariel Zucker. Catch us next Monday morning by subscribing to us on iTunes and be sure to follow us on our handles at I'm a Real CNT on Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. And don't forget to go to our Facebook page and subscribe to our newsletter for kick-ass content delivered straight to your inbox every Monday morning. I'm your host, Ariel. And I'm Daryl. And this is CNT, reminding you to wake, wake up, up and, and stay, stay woke. woke. Later. First round, the Jeopardy round.